Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. What's up, legends? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. And today, I'm joined in my house by the man himself, Lockie Rouston. Lockie, welcome to the show. Thanks, bro. Thanks for having me. Pleasure, absolute pleasure. Now, guys, you may um, remember or, or recognize Lockie's voice from a podcast I did, uh, The Mind Muscle Project, um, not too long ago, really. Uh, Lockie is one of the co-hosts of that show. He's also a co-owner of Creature Fitness. That's right. Um, and just a general boss. But for those right. that have no idea who you are, do you want to give us a quick rundown on um, kind of what you do sure. and a bit about your history before yeah, we sure. get stuck in today's show? Which, guys, is going to be about CrossFit, which you've probably seen the... Uh, the, the title already, which is de- definitely different than what I usually talk about, but we're going to go into um, plenty of detail about it and just have a, a general chat. We're just literally just chilling out on the couch, just hanging yeah. out. We've got no uh, no structure to the show today, so it should be a bit of fun. But yeah, Lockie, tell us about yourself. Yeah, bro. Well, um, thanks for having me on the show. Pleasure. Um, look, I, uh, I think like many people that get a start in the fitness industry started because of some insecurity, which for me was being... Always into sport and always good at sport, but being very skinny. And um, that led me to the weight room around like 16, 17. And as a result, I, uh, I wasn't just the guy to, you know, go on the machine and kind of figure out, like, I had to read every magazine. Yeah. I had read every men's fitness. I would pick up the uh, men's health, men's fitness, muscle and fitness, um, flex. I'd pick all that up even before I walked into the first gyms. So, like, the first time I walked in... I had like a program, I had like German volume training, I had like <laughs> all set to go and it just took off from there. Like I was obsessed. Like I was the kid at school, I'd come in with like packed lunches, brown rice, tuna, like all that stuff. The big water bottle? Yeah, big bro, jug. everything, everything. Yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> to no avail, like I barely put on any weight because you know, in the yeah. beginning, yeah. You, you like, you'd cut out all these foods because you think you need the bulking foods, but in the end, you don't actually eat enough food because mm, you just cut out. Yeah, 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 exactly. But you know, there was nothing like that back then. No, Instagram, there's barely YouTube. Like, I think I followed a few fitness YouTubers in the beginning, but they don't even have channels anymore. Like, that's how long it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was just, it was crazy back then. It was so different. Um, and then I went to uni, but also started a PT job. Yeah. So, I went to uni for design, but, like, my passion was really in fitness. Yeah. And so, I switched my degree from design after six months to exercise physiology. Um, like, back then, I really thought it was going to be like a good move but in hindsight actually I think a design degree would have gone pretty well like who like you could have never seen the world going yeah, like yeah. it does now but having a design like design skills is extremely valuable as a as pretty much any business owner now really but mm. especially when you, a lot of your stuff and a lot of the growth like and a lot of content um, is going to come right. through what it does now especially for you with your podcast YouTube Instagram yeah I don't Facebook do you guys use Facebook as well a little bit of Facebook regardless any yeah, basically yeah. any social media now requires design yeah. in some way or another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a good experience. I, I just got to see a whole different side of people that, um, like I was, I'm so in the fitness industry now, but it was cool to be in another space just for a small period of time. So I learned a lot back then. I learned that like there was a lot of future in digital stuff and a big future in like the internet and yeah. design, that sort of stuff. Instagram wasn't really a thing back then. But then, um, so I, I got actually really bored of bodybuilding stuff. And I think it was bored in terms of like, I felt like I would finish sessions and be like, that wasn't enough. Or like yeah. I didn't push hard enough for whatever reason. Um, so that is when I found CrossFit. So I had a friend that worked for um, Vision Personal Training. Yep. And he invited me in for a CrossFit session. I actually hated it. So mm-hmm. I remember we finished the workout and I ended up doing like chest afterwards. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, you know what? One day, I think you'll actually, I think you'll enjoy it. And it was not till a year later that I actually stepped into my first CrossFit gym. Again, Watched all the CrossFit videos. Yeah. Watched like or read all the articles. Um, watched people on YouTube before I even stepped into the gym. And back then, the only CrossFit gym on the North Shore was CrossFit Active. Yeah. And that's the gym I stepped into. And it's just it was so different back then. Like before that, you only ever stepped into a, a gym and it had machines, had air conditioning, yeah, yeah, yeah. had carpet, had everything, right? Yeah. But this was like garage 
like proper garage gym. Played stacked up in a in a messy pile on the floor. Rings hanging from the roof. Barbells like on the wall. Like just crazy experience. Yeah. I, I still vividly remember it being like, wow, this is so different. Everyone in there had their shirts off. Everyone was covered in sweat. Yeah. They just finished a workout. Super intimidating. Yeah. yeah. Super intimidating. And I'd already been training for like three or four years. Mm. Um, so yeah, once once I got into that, I was, I was pretty hooked. Um, as most people do they get into kind of dogmas and stuff they get a bit obsessed vegans keto all that sort of stuff I turned to a bit of a CrossFit zealot yeah Um, for good and bad it's always cool to like kind of go way too extreme into some things to kind of pull back and and learn a lot from them Uh, but yeah then after I competed in CrossFit competitively um, there's this thing I call CrossFit Games I competed at the the regional level so like the Australia Pacific level um, three times and it was in 2014 in January that I opened my own CrossFit gym so a guy I used to train with there yeah he introduced me to a mutual friend they went to school together and the three of us decided to open a gym um, just because where we were we didn't really feel like there were look back then everyone was opening a gym so there were a lot of people that owned gyms that weren't really business owners yeah yeah um, so we decided that fitness fanatics that exactly. had a gym they were obsessed and yeah. it's just the barrier to entry became so low yeah now it only costs 20, 30 grand and like you know, you just needed to put your car up and yeah. your mom's house and you, you had a lease, you know, yeah. you, you had people pouring the door like it was crazy. And so, yeah, in 2014, January 2014, we, we opened our CrossFit gym yeah, in Marrickville, Sydney. Uh, we actually bought 50% of an existing gym. Yeah. And two years later, we bought the other 50%. Okay. Yeah. And then two years into that, we opened our second location, which was also buying an existing location. And then a year after that, we bought another location, which again was also an existing location. Right. So, so we got three locations now. Yeah. So we actually never set a gym up from scratch. Right. Yeah. We, we bought existing locations. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so they're all CrossFit gyms. Uh, so they were CrossFit gyms. Yeah. Yeah. So we rebranded them. Okay. Uh, they were CrossFit Creature. We rebranded it to Creature Fitness. Yep. Um, that was sort of in the last two years. Yeah. And like you're an, you're a CrossFit affiliate, so you pay like an affiliate. Fee. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like three or four grand, uh, but per year. Yeah, per yeah. year, per year, which is cheap com- compared to franchise fees, right? Fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Franchise fees twenty, thirty grand, some of them. Yeah. Um, so we're sort of letting those affiliates run out. And does every gym that claims to be a CrossFit gym have to have that that license? Yeah. So if you or they're meant to. Yeah. So if you use the word CrossFit in anywhere on your website on your advertising yeah. your branding. You have to be an affiliate. If yeah. you're not, they'll sue you. Yeah. Or they'll send you a cease and desist. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the main advantages back then, obviously, is like having CrossFit in your name was really good because everyone was searching for it. Yeah. Um, and then it was also good because if you did compete in CrossFit, which a lot of people did at the time, uh, they kind of had like these rules around how you could submit scores and how your members could submit okay, scores. Yeah, yeah. And they made it really difficult if you weren't an affiliate. Like you could still do a workout in fitness first and submit your score. To the CrossFit Games. To CrossFit Games. Yeah. But they made it extremely difficult for you if yeah. you weren't an affiliate. So it just became easier to be an affiliate. Be an affiliate, yeah. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is they didn't... So, like, if you get a, if you buy a franchise, right? If you drop 250 grand on a franchise, you expect them to give you the book of how to be successful. Yeah. Right? They give you the handbook to success. Handbook, yeah. You just open that thing. You just read through, you know, page step zero by to step. 100. Yeah, yeah. And it's like how you should make money. Yeah. CrossFit give you none of that. Yeah. They just take your four grand. They say, good luck. Yeah. And that is why so many opened, but so many closed. Yeah. And I think, and we'll get into this soon, but I think that is also why um, they're a contributing factor to why CrossFit got a bad name right. pretty early because of the fact that it got saturated real quick and there was just some shit coaches and shit yeah. gyms and yeah. like, like any form of training, there's like shit bodybuilding coaches, there's shit... Mm. basketball coaches you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean but um, because it was like a, I guess a bit of a fad at the time and um, and you know some of the programming and the coaching probably wasn't great which is probably what led to like I said that stereotype of, of CrossFit not being great but um, before we get into a bit more specific with CrossFit so you've got the three gyms um, yep. I did mention the, the Mind yeah, the Muscle podcast. Project now so yeah. um, and guys I'll have the link to all of Lockie's social media stuff and also uh, his podcast uh, in the show notes because it's a really, really, really valuable podcast. Um, as I mentioned, I was a guest earlier in the year and it was it was really fun and, you know, I've been keeping up with all the episodes and going back through some past ones as well and you've had some, some pretty awesome guests on. Yeah. So, what um, for those that are listening, what is your podcast kind of about? Like, what, what can they expect? 
Yeah, we so we started it. Uh, the first episode we ever did was because we ran a nutrition challenge at our gym and we wanted to get like a nutrition expert to come on and talk more about nutrition to add some value to the course. Yeah. And his name was Shannon Brenton. Still a really good bloke. Probably uh, still is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> things, things could change. Never know. And uh, yeah, he, he volunteered his time. He came in. He spoke about just general nutrition myths and answered our questions. And at the time, man, I think Joe Rogan hadn't even done 100 episodes. And I was okay. listening to him. And so this, I mean, he's like six, uh, 1,600 right now. Yeah. Or something. Something yeah. crazy. Maybe he's over... No, he's not over 2,000. I'll have a look while you yeah. keep going. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, some some absurd amount of podcasts but you know we listened to Joe Rogan well before he was mainstream and I just loved podcasting I thought it was just such a cool way to just have something different coming in to music and obviously the 1,311 there you go yeah so I listened to him before he hit episode 100 which is like just crazy and the, I think the other only fitness show out there that was really good was the Paleo Solution okay did you ever listen to that? no chance okay yeah yeah <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob, Rob, Rob Wolf. Yeah, I've had him on the show. He's okay. um, yeah, and back then, obviously, Paleo was massive, right? It was taken yeah. off, so he, he was getting like a hundred thousand downloads an episode. Like, That's insane. Just, yeah, insane. Yeah, um, and what? Um, if you don't mind me asking, what are you guys getting on like a popular show? How many downloads are you looking at? Yeah, so like some of our, well, we do three shows a week. Yeah. So we do an interview. We do an, what we call the after show, which is where Raf, my co-host, and I, we just answer questions from the listeners. And then we do a show on the last show of the week in, on Fridays in the black, which is like where we just talk about business. Yeah. Because as we got more and more into business, we felt like we just needed a show to talk about business so we didn't annoy everyone else on the other shows. Yeah, yeah. Always That's talking good. about business. So it's quite split mm. depending on the size of the guests. Different audiences. Yeah. yeah. So to give you an idea, you've got about 20,000 downloads in yeah. your show. Um, other guests, depending on how big their names are, will get like 60,000 if right. they got a really big name. Some of our bigger shows. Um, some like we've had the CrossFit Games champion on Matt Fraser he yeah. got like 100,000 downloads right. um, but then not to make you feel bad bro yeah CrossFit. you already have but it's okay <laughs> and, but the after show is, is gaining a lot of popularity so that's getting like 10 to 15,000 like a Q&A style yeah. yeah the best part about what I like about this and we've been talking about this over the weekend is like it's more sustainable you don't always have to get someone on you can just yeah. kind of shoot your shit and I find as well like the reason why they get so many most of the time is because like you're genuinely answering someone's question that's asked you a question and they want to know the answer. Whereas like, you know, you could have an amazing guest on, but in the end of the day, there may not be that many people that really care. Yeah. Like they might be someone that seems awesome to you, Mm. but then majority of your audience may be like, well, whatever. I'd rather rather find out about whether or not I should eat fucking carbs after 6 p.m. or whatever it is. Yeah funny because we're not our audience and that's what you forget sometimes mm. and so when i have a really good show and you've had this you've experienced this as well right it's not always doesn't always sit as well it's not as well received by yeah. your audience yeah as how good you thought it was exactly right so it's always that's always interesting some of the biggest some of the, the shows that i've expected to do best have been flopped yeah and there's episodes where I'll even, you know, contemplate whether or not I should even release it mm. that I've recorded on my own mm. and they've just gone bananas. Right. So, yeah, like you said, you're not your audience. So, um, and that that's why I think it's really beneficial to actually ask your audience. Like, I, I don't know whether you guys do it, but I often put up like an Instagram story yeah. and say, you know, what do you actually want to hear about? And then just screenshot all the answers. And then when I'm stuck on a topic, I'll go back through and see if I've answered right. it before. If I haven't, then I'll make a show on it. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what we do on the after show. We yeah. say, listen to questions, and we get somewhere between five to 20 questions every week. Yeah. And we just kind of pick the best ones, and we answer them. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, in the black, it's a, the smaller show, but it's the, because they're such specific business topics, yep. the people that are listening to them are either business owners or they are like in the fitness industry yep. and making money somehow. So, yeah, that gets somewhere between like eight, five to 8,000 downloads. That's um, crazy. But they're a very engaged audience. Yeah, so I do like them. Yeah, I do like them a lot. Uh, but look, we started the show, yeah, just kind of off that first cusp. And then a month later, we had an opportunity to interview like an American weightlifter. Yeah. That had his own podcast that we listened to. And he, he came in, he sat down, and we, we shot the shit. It was really good. And he just said, you know what? If you really are serious about this podcast, you need to commit to one a week for a year. Yeah. He's like, are you going to do it? Yes or no? He asked it on our show. Yeah, yeah. And so we're like, okay, we'll do it. And so we felt like at the time, even though it was 50 people listening, probably less, 
you know, we're, we're committed. You held accountable. We, yeah, yeah, we did it. And then we just ended up never stopping for five years. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I was pretty similar. Like I said it to myself when I started, I said, because um, I knew as well that everything everything takes time and consistency eventually pays off. And I saw, I'd, say, I'd seen it with like other parts of my business already. Right. And I was like, you know what, like podcasting is not that popular yet. There's not really, really many fitness shows, not that many people are even listening to podcasts, but I'm just going to get content mm. on the platform right. and eventually people will listen. And eventually when they do listen, there's going to be a fuckload of content for them. So right. I was the same. I was like at least one episode a week, every week right. since I started. And, um, you know, and now it's just starting to gradually pay off now. But then but when a listener does subscribe now, it's not like there's like, 25 episodes over three years because I just couldn't be fucked or no right. one was listening. It's like there's hundreds of episodes yeah, yeah. because you're consistent even on the weeks when you felt like it wasn't going to be really worth it. Mm. That's awesome. So, all right, so we know a little bit about you now. Yeah. And um, if you want to know a bit a bit more about Lockie, maybe I'll um, give you his number at the end of the show or, <laughs> yeah, or, or I could just put his Instagram <laughs> in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but what we're going to talk about today, we've already touched on it a bit already, is CrossFit. So how I want to do this, Lockie, my man, we'll start, is... We're going to start with a CrossFit workout, right? Yeah, you will. Yeah. You will. And I will sit here and, <laughs> and do not much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now, I want to get you first to basically just give like in the shortest way possible, a description of what CrossFit is. And then I'm kind of going to talk about what I think about... Your perception of it. What, what I think about CrossFit and also like what I think the listener may... Some listeners may sure. think about CrossFit. And I want you to kind of go into um, some detail after that about why those um, perceptions may be wrong yeah, yeah, and also sure. your experience with it. So firstly, give us a, uh, a very brief description in your best words of yeah. what CrossFit is. Well, I'll, I'll do two things for you. The first one is how CrossFit marketed themselves, which was, fuck, I don't think I'm going to remember this. It is... Surely that's a prerequisite very, before you bring that up. It's like varied <laughs> movements across broad time and modal domains, something like that. Right. Yeah, so I, that's definitely wrong, but basically that extrapolated into real terms for the public is CrossFit uses the widest variety of movements across across the widest variety of time domains um, in at all varying intensities. The truth is how CrossFit ended up playing out in gyms is far less like that. So obviously to fit, you know, an hour class in, you can't do the longest time domains. You can't do two hour time domains. It just doesn't make sense. But if you were training CrossFit by yourself, essentially you could be doing anything. And, and that's kind of the whole approach of it. Fitness at the time, in, in the mainstream, mm. it was very, very specific. It was like body parts, isolation, split routines. Yeah. That was the most popular thing, right? Arnold launched bodybuilding into the mainstream. Mm. And CrossFit was kind of the antithesis of commercial fitness. Yeah, It was like, hey, we're going to throw all, all the aircon out. We're going to throw out uh, you know, the clean bathrooms and the 24-hour stuff. And it's going to be hardcore. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be sweaty. Um, and it's just going to be completely different. The game's completely changed now. We can get into it later, how, it, yeah. how I see it playing out in the future. Um, but that is definitely how it started. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And like you said before, like before it, there was pretty much just lifting. Lifting or your your Les Mills classes, yeah. pump, yeah, bit of uh, body balance, yeah, boxing and stuff like that. But there wasn't really anything else. And it's funny, like before you said, you know, Obviously, CrossFit had already started, but um, you were starting to feel with your training that you just like weren't feeling like you were right. doing enough. And um, and you know, to be honest, like I, I come from the, my background is obviously like a lot of sport. Yeah. So like, even though I love the gym, and I always did. Well, when I started, I hated it, but then I liked it pretty much straight away. But like even then, conditioning like cardio, like like Hard really, cardio. yeah, like cardiovascular <laughs> work was yeah. like probably my favorite style of training because I just loved that what feeling. What's your of, favorite style of training? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the weights, but like just, you know, just like absolutely pushing myself beyond my limits with like lact, you know, lactic acid training or yeah. like threshold training. I just love that shit. So, you know, theoretically like CrossFit is like the perfect combo for like what, what I like to do. Right. Um, but anyway, so I guess I'll, um, I'll quickly go into what I, I'll get to go into what I thought about CrossFit. Mm-hmm. compared to what I think about it now. And tell me what gave you... And I think what I thought about CrossFit is probably like what a lot of people think as well. Because I'm sure there's people listening now that are, um, you know, 
people that just fucking love CrossFit. Right. And there's probably some that hate fucking it. hate it. Yeah. And there's another group of people that don't even know what it is and there's one more group of people that fucking hate it but don't even know what it is they just hate it because everyone else hates it or yeah, they think that it's shit yeah yeah. yeah yeah so when I when it first started coming out like, and to be honest I didn't really look into it too much I just you know kind of as you said before anyone that was doing CrossFit like you knew that they were doing CrossFit because it was like the thing it was like the I'm not going to say a fad but it was like the thing to do and people that were doing it, it was almost like cult-like. Yeah, yeah, oh, 100%. It was like cult-like. So, if people that weren't doing it, you're just like, fuck, I'm sick of hearing about this shit. But from the outside in, like looking at it initially, like things that you would pair with CrossFit is obviously like injuries came up yeah. a lot. Um, shit form. Yeah. yeah, shit form on exercises. Um, fucking burpees is one thing that came to mind for me. Like just... Yeah, yeah. Those are kind of the things that you pair with it straight away. So in my mind, straight away, like without even really knowing what it's like, I'm just like, oh fuck, I don't even, like I don't like CrossFit. Like, it, like why would you do this style of training? And then I think as well, like for people that were getting into it initially, because it was so cult-like, it was like once they did CrossFit, like that was there was no other style of training. Like my style that I was doing, which was the strength training and then conditioning separate, it was all, like all of a sudden, like people that were doing CrossFit just thought that that was like other training didn't exist anymore it was right. like it's either our way or your or the highway like your way is just for sure. shit for sure. it's kind of like you either do this or you don't right type of thing um you know fast forward to now like my honest opinion of crossfit and most people some people probably be surprised i guess i don't know why but um you know look i think crossfit done well is an exceptional way of of training like if you look at the crossfit games they're like the most unbelievable athletes in the world it's fucking incredible how all round they are as an athlete and now even doing having done some crossfit sessions myself and knowing people that do it like yourself and i've got other friends that do crossfit and at a high level and, and are really fucking good at it mm-hmm. if you're coached properly if you perform well under fatigue with good form because you have been coached properly um and there is actually a method to the madness there's a method method to the training and there's still components of it that allow for progressive overload and um, and stuff like that. I think CrossFit's awesome. Um, and yeah, like I, there's not one bad thing I could say about it. And I just think like anything else, as I said at the start, like if you have a PT who doesn't teach good form, then your PT session is just as dangerous as the CrossFit session. I think the only problem is, and it's getting better now, but initially as well with CrossFit is that there was, it was so saturated. There was so many CrossFit gyms because it was the thing to do yep. that, when you have that much volume of gyms, you're not going to have that many fucking superstar coaches yeah, and like sure. quality coaches. And yeah. then that leads to, um, you know, poor form. And, and of, of course, your risk of injury is going to be much, much higher. Um, and, you know, I, I think as well, we also spoke about it a little bit earlier. I think I think we touched on this or maybe I'm just making this up in my head. But, you know, for someone that walks in off the street and thinks that CrossFit's just a, a group fitness class, yeah. you're completely wrong. Like there's lifts in there and this is a problem that I had with it early on is there's lifts in a CrossFit session that some people take like six to 12 months to learn and they're doing the it technique and they're doing it on day yeah, one yeah. under fatigue. fatigue. Yeah. So um, I think that in my, if and I haven't really gone into CrossFit in terms of doing it myself to know whether or not like someone does just walk in off the street for their first session and then be expected to do that stuff or yeah. I'm sure there's progressions and all that type of stuff. Um, but I think, yeah, that's, that's kind of like my view on it now having done a little bit of it and obviously looking into it a lot more and, and knowing people that are um, in that scene and um, and stuff like that. So that's, I think, what I thought about it is probably what a lot of people still think about it. Yeah. Well, I think about it now, I think, like I said, awesome style of training. I still, in the end of the day, like I just, just prefer to do kind of traditional resistance or strength training and do my conditioning separate. Um, but, you know, in saying that as well, like a lot, there's workouts that I'll do that they may not be, you know, classed as CrossFit, but they basically are. Right. Like I'll be doing a heavy compound lift with um, some like explosive accessories and some conditioning and do it in a circuit style right. training. Like that, that basically is CrossFit to an right. extent. So, um, no, it's interesting. Like I, I think, that's kind of my view anyway. I think what you're saying there is, is, is really fair. Um, but I'm actually more critical of CrossFit than you. Like I, like people might be surprised to hear that for the large majority of what CrossFit is, I really don't like it. And, yeah. and that's because what, if you really talk about what CrossFit is, and because it's so measurable, right? They took the gym and they decided to make 
they're quantifiable and measurable, right? They took, they made the squat, you have to squat below parallel for the rep to count, mm. right? You have to lock your elbows out and push your head through for the, for the rep to count, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, they started making ranges of motion of gym movements a sport, yeah. right? And which, then, which um, for those that know enough about resistance and strength training is just, right. some people just don't have the range of motion. Exactly. Or some people, even if you give them as mobile as possible, they're structurally just never gonna be able to safely exactly. put themselves in that position. Right, and yeah. that, that is exactly where the problem lies, right? Is because now all of a sudden, it's not about, okay, how can we get to the optimal ranges of motion? Because everyone knows, listening to this, you wanna move through the broadest range of motion as possible, mm. right? That's how you express movement. The best movers in the world have the fullest ranges of motion and are strong in those ranges of motion. Now, if you set a stand for someone on day one, they can't meet because of, you know, just general restrictions they've had in their life from, from poor lifestyle patterns, yeah. head forward position, roll forward position, sitting too much, right? Short hamstrings, um, just wearing poor footwear, so like yeah, short yeah. Achilles, all this stuff. They come in with all these poor mechanics and yeah. you go, this rep doesn't count until you squat below parallel and they can't, right? So how will they get down there? Well, they're going to use... Overcompensate. Really, yeah, they're going to use poor poor mechanics and, and most likely they're going to add load to that because they're in a competitive environment. Mm. And that is how the injuries happen is because people are forcing ranges of motions that they don't have and they're adding intensity to it because they're trying and to be low. the person next to them. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to win at all costs. Yeah. And that is not how you're supposed to train for training. That's, mm. how you, that's how you play sport, right? Yeah. But that's not how you... Like people go to the gym. The gym's supposed to be the safest place in the world, right? It's the place where you build yourself up to go out into life and crush life. Yeah. But if you're breaking yourself down so much that you suck more at life. Crushing spine in the gym and sucking at life outside. You did it the wrong way. And that unfortunately is what happened with CrossFit. Yeah. All of a sudden, people were getting more hurt in the gym. And that's what gyms were, that's not what gyms were originally built for. That was the opposite. People were coming in to fix themselves from the shit they did outside the gym. Yeah. And so there was a lot of issues uh, on what I saw from just all the other gyms that were out there pushing the sport, especially if the, the owners of the gym were in the sport of CrossFit, they would place those competitive values upon their members and then yeah. put it in their programming. As a result, a lot of back issues, a lot of shoulder issues, a lot of surgeries, knee surgeries. I had a lot of knee issues from, from competing in CrossFit as well. It's just too much volume, yeah. way too much volume. The only people that ever did well in CrossFit were people that came in, they already had some kind of sporting background. Yeah, They had good mobility. They had resilient tissues, so usually they were quite young, or they've been doing some kind of strength training for a long time. And yeah. So it's kind of like doing the same thing, but more. Yeah, and it comes down again, like I said before, is that like strength training in general is a skill. Yeah. Like something even like a hang clean, and that's not even as technical as it's it gets not. in in CrossFit. Like yeah. that, those I took me took me like three to six months to learn the hang clean, like efficiently enough that I was comfortable to do it properly, knowing that my form was right. And that was under that was like the first lift of a session. That's not after I've just done ten minutes of conditioning and I'm gassed. Right. Yeah. So I was talking to you about this today and you, you were mentioning like you're so busy at your peak times that you're having to start in a group clients together. Yeah. So you're doing like semi private, right? If you get like ten people, you basically got a group. Yeah. You basically got a group class, right? That's how CrossFit started. The founder, Greg Glassman, right, it was a really good PT. So he was training clients for years on, on squatting and pressing and overhead squats and all these complex movements. He was a gymnast, so he taught them ring, ring work and that sort of stuff, handstands. But he taught them one-on-one. taught them in PT. Yeah. Right? He spent hours and hours of people one-on-one to fix their mechanics and individualize sessions so that they did it appropriately. So he did it right from the start. But he needed to make more money. So he had yeah. to make more money. Exactly what you did, right? Group. Started grouping people together so that that one hour of his time was worth more money. Now, as a result, he gets a lot of popularity, right? More people want to see him. So he's like, oh shit, now I can just, why not just make more groups? But it started with PT. But to scale it, they couldn't do, he couldn't spend years training people one-on-one. He had to scale it quickly, which meant let's just start in the group. And that's where the problem happened. Yeah, is yeah. that how he originally did it was PT into group because they were complex movements. Yeah, yeah. But in order to scale it and for it to be popular and mainstream, had to go straight into group, yeah. right? They missed the PT part. Now, so There's no foundation that's been built first. Right, so that is what we do at our gyms is you have to do PT. You have to meet standards before you're, you can come into class. Yeah, that's good. So that's what we developed over time is a system basically and you know, 
we use different movements from like stuff that's outside of CrossFit now as well, all kinds of strongman stuff and um, movement based stuff as well. And you have to meet standards before you can come to classes. Yeah. So that when you come into a class, we know that you're going to be safe and you're going to be confident. You're going to know what you're doing and your injury risk is way lower. Like yeah. You would never put anyone in that group environment, I would assume. Well, at least not on a movement that they hadn't that wasn't yeah, yeah no, we hadn't coached them on no and that's the same idea but everyone did it the opposite they were like cool everyone's googling crossfit right now it's the most google fitness term on the internet people are just pouring into gyms so this one gym so it really depended what your crossfit name was but one gym was called crossfit sydney right so you can imagine how many people were googling CrossFit yeah, yeah, Sydney. Fuck. at one point had over a thousand members and they had so in one peak hour so they basically ran classes at the same time so they would have gyms split up into the, in four sections right they had the warm up yeah. section they had the strength section they had the conditioning section and the cool down section and they would run classes on 15 minutes so they would just pump people through that in a whole peak period they would pump over 500 people through in an afternoon from like 3 o'clock to like midnight oh not midnight sorry like 8, eight 9 o'clock so that's fine. 500 people doing crossfit like that's absurd absurd that's how popular it was at the time now they would be lucky to get you know 80 to 100 that would yeah, be a right. really good day died right off it died off massively um, a lot of gyms have closed around me like since man since we've had our gym five years has been I could have yeah I need more than two hands to count the amount of gyms that closed near me yeah I was telling you in I got two if you need yeah, we got two we got four together right, we're gonna need five right fuck in we'll call someone up in yeah. 2000, um, 2013 the amount of gyms in Australia peaked it's now 2019 we have the same number slightly less gyms than we had in 2013. So that just shows you how quickly it rose and then how quickly yeah. it shrunk as well. Because anything that gets hot fast gets cold fast. Mm. And that's what happened with CrossFit. So man, like the future for CrossFit gyms is they have to do PT. It's just beforehand. Yeah. I think the sustainability of any gym. So what's the, for, so, okay, give me an idea. Okay, a good CrossFit gym. Let's say that they don't do the PT. Okay, just, just saying. No, well, not a good CrossFit gym. But when you're talking about CrossFit gyms, a lot of them aren't. So maybe it is a good CrossFit gym. They just don't do the PT yet. That's the first sign for me is PT, one-on-one. For you? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I think all CrossFit gyms should have. But not all do? No. No, no. okay. Let's skip the whole PT thing, right? Okay, okay I'm, just saying, I'm just talking about a CrossFit gym that's relatively well-known. They've got good coaches. Okay. What is the experience for someone that's walking in for their first time? Well, it's going to vary. It's going to vary dramatically because... CrossFit's an affiliate, which means that there's no... There's global, no rule There's book. no global standards, yeah. right? If you go to a franchise, you have to... X has to happen, right? The admin person has to say this opening line. Yeah. The setup has to be a certain way. The bikes have to face a certain way. It has to be this many mirrors, this much chalk in the buckets, right? In CrossFit, do whatever the fuck you want, right? Yeah, you yeah. just be running yoga and you can have swim classes on the side hmm. and you can be doing jump rope and boxing. You can all call it CrossFit. Yeah. So there are no standards across the industry, right. which is which is the issue. So it is fucked for the consumer. Can I swear on this? Fuck no. <laughs> yeah, you can. It's fucked for the consumer because they come in and their friend, say in another city, might be at a great CrossFit gym. Mm. And they're like, it's awesome. You got to try it. And so they go- It's a different experience for the them, next right? person, yeah. And they go in and it's a terrible experience because yeah, yeah. there's no consistency. It's the same way as, it's why we like franchises, right? Because if you have a good experience at a franchise, you know when you go into another city, if you want a poke bowl, and you don't know the independent pokes in the street, but you see the franchise, you go, okay, I know it's going to be good because it's going to be like the one back. Similar, yeah, yeah. That's not how CrossFit is. Yeah. And that's what really hurt its name. Other CrossFit gyms were hurting the reputation of other CrossFit yeah. gyms. That's why we had to take it out of our name because if person down the street wrecked 15 people and those 15 people went into their networks. They associate you with them. Yeah, yeah. They told 10 people, that's 150 people that now know CrossFit's terrible. If we've got it, on our sign out the front, if we got it on our schedule and our program, people think it's, they think it's just a commodity. Yeah, yeah. They think it's all the same. They look at it and they go, well, I'm not going there. I heard it was shit. Mm. And so we don't even get a chance to say yeah. what we're like. Yeah, exactly right. So it's interesting. So what, um, so what do you think, where do you think CrossFit's at now? Well, for those people that don't know anything about it, they basically gutted the CrossFit games. So the CrossFit Games is like... They're done. Yeah, well, so you know, net, you do watch it on Netflix and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, so they cut that entire media team. You'll never see another CrossFit doco on Netflix. Why? Uh, so what happened was the CrossFit Games lost a lot of money for the business of CrossFit. CrossFit HQ, the CrossFit, the affiliates, and yeah. um, all the other stuff that they do, make, makes heaps of money, right? Tons you think of cash. so? Yeah. yeah. But the CrossFit Games lost heaps of money, 
like for whatever reason when they put on the regional events and yeah. massive events that cost millions of dollars like not that many people show up to them anymore um, they, they pay heaps of people like media staff and they fly yeah. people around the world it lost them heaps of money and this is the problem with CrossFit right the Glassman the guy running it it's a huge company they're supposed to have a board of directors right so that when something gets so big it's not down to one person mm. just has a bad day walks in and goes ah oh, you know what fuck this let's get rid of this whole thing yeah, that's yeah. literally how it's run so it's run very it's kind of like a dictatorship almost yeah, yeah. yeah that's what you know we know a lot of people that have worked for them and on the yeah. inside and stuff just through the podcast and like he came in you ever seen that um you see that episode of Entourage where Ari Ari comes in with the with the pellet I haven't guns? seen Entourage oh, I've only seen the movie bro anyway so Ari Gold you know the crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. guy in this one episode he comes into this office and he has like a nerf gun nice and just starts shooting people and firing them mm. and firing them bro that's, that's essentially funny. how it happened like it's legit happened that's pretty fucked so yeah. fired over the course of a month they lost their entire CrossFit game stuff like the majority of it which is it's like 50 or 60 people that have been with them for over 10 years that's out of control. Nuts. Right, so... So that got cut. That's fucked, yeah. So the whole sport thing has basically taken a huge hit. So now it's almost just like a style of training. Yeah, so now he's doing a really big push because it's hit saturation and now it's going down in North America and Australia and the UK. He's pushing really hard in Brazil. 500 million people in right. Brazil, if people didn't know that. It's a shitload of people. And in China. Yeah. Which... It's an interesting market to tap into. Mm, very. Yeah, but he's getting a lot of success there in right. China. Well, there's okay. a lot of money in China, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's obviously like a, a pretty relatively unhealthy population. They got a lot of obesity and diabetes and that sort of stuff. So he's making his push there. But again, he's very like, he's almost, he's just got this, he's an egomaniac. Right? Yeah. Did you see what happened to the, all their social media? Yeah. Cut the whole thing. Yeah. It's like 11 million followers that he just cut you yeah. know, after years of. of yeah, building. very sporadic. So, um, yeah, it's a blurry future. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look ideal at the moment, does it? Yeah. What's, um, so for someone listening, cause there will be people that have like, like I said, that just have an impression of what they think mm. CrossFit is, but don't actually really know what it is. So, um, you know, give us, uh, this will, this might, might kind of take us close towards the end of the show, but I want you to basically run us through from warm up to cool down. An example, I know I didn't really give you any uh, heads up on this one, so you're going to have to come up with it on the fly, but uh, an example of kind of like warm-up through the whole way through a session to cool down, what a a typical session may look like. Mm. Well, it could involve a lot of stuff, but for someone listening that wants a really well-rounded experience of CrossFit, the three main modalities that you'll touch on is bodyweight training, so burpees, Squats, box jumps, pull-ups and stuff pull-ups, like that. that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, you could call it... I don't like calling it gymnastics because gymnastics, most people think of like handstand, the sport. work, that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, that comes later, but not unless you're kind of really yeah. advanced. What I recommend Stick gymnastics, body weight. straight away. Um, so like bodyweight training. Yep. And you get like barbell training. So you get like your powerlifting, powerlifting, uh, Olympic lifting. That's kind um, of your strength training part yeah, component. Yeah, and some variations of that. Uh, and then you'll get like sort of what I call just conditioning, which would be like your rowers, your bikes, your running. There's a lot of running in CrossFit. Yeah. Um, and skipping and stuff like that. Cool. So what I would like to see for a warm up now, this is what we do at our gym, and I know a lot of gyms have do similar stuff and followed since, is some kind of priming like activation rehab work. So general warm up, like just get body temperature up, and then you're looking at just taking the joints through a full range of motion. If you're doing squats, it's like you know priming your glutes, doing yeah. hip stability work banded work I've seen you post this sort of stuff before Yeah. just general priming stuff for people open their hits up they've been sitting at a desk all day mm. so just like kind of doing some banded stretches that sort of stuff uh, but we like to keep people moving and then strength work we like to see some balance between a superset of because remember you've got to think that these people might only be working out for three to four hours a week sometimes less Yeah. yeah. so if they're not feeling like they're going to get a complete workout here they're going to go somewhere else. They're yeah. going to do extra or do their own thing, right? And so the first component is the bar, like the strength training component, usually? Yeah, usually. So um, do some kind of squat, press, pull, potentially. Yeah. Um, and then superset that with a bodyweight movement. So that could be like a bend of a row or it could be a pull-up or a ring row or something. Sometimes it's some handstand stuff, just depending on, on the class. But most of the time, you will get 
an exercise, which is sort of the opposite of the opposing muscle group or movement. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I know like a lot of people that do split training, they might listen to this. They might only focus on one body part. So the superset with bench yeah, yeah, yeah. might be like tricep extensions or something. Yeah. Right? So if it's a push, it might be a pull. If it's a press, um, it might be yeah, like a vertical pull. Yeah. Um, if a squat, it might be a deadlift, hinge, that sort of stuff. Mm. That's your strength work. That usually now, if it's we've always made the mistake of doing too much volume in that. I would much rather, and people always associate more with better. Yeah. I would much rather coach three incredible sets. Especially with strength training. Especially. And it's, it's, it's something skill. that's like, it's, that as a, uh, I'm sure you would know the exact same feeling, but that's a very hard thing to be able to get someone to buy into is that the so fact hard. that quality, like I'm talking the best quality that you can mm-hmm. possibly produce, quality sets far outweighs volume when you, when it's done probably because the volume is no never going to be as high a quality and um, that's something that I I learnt um, pretty early on from uh, a friend of mine and past guest of the show Christian Woodford um, I don't know if you've seen his stuff he's a strength mm. conditioning coach and you know he was just anal about perfect, per, every rep every rep is exactly the same should right. look and feel the same should be the perfect rep every rep um, you know and you know we'd be doing RDLs with like 40 kilos when I'd usually use you know, 70 or 80 yeah. and by the by the time I got to like 8 reps I was just absolutely cooked because mm-hmm. I'd given every single rep like right. 100% yeah. and you know then I'd be sitting down on the floor doing mobility for like 2 to 3 minutes Yeah. whereas most people would be sitting there going like I'm wasting my time or this is lazy or I'm not working hard enough and stuff like that but yeah. um, and another one is Austin um, Current who is past guest of the show as well and I've, yeah. I mentioned you to him before and He's worked with Ben Pikulski. Right. And Ben Pikulski is huge on like how much more most people could be getting out of their training by doing far less but doing everything properly. Much better, yeah. And when he starts with a client, the first thing he does is strip them right back to like next to no volume yeah. and it's pure quality. And the, their results just like blows people away because mm-hmm. for once they're actually doing something yeah. efficiently yeah. and using the muscles they're meant to in a way they're meant to, which then you know increases energy expenditure, helps yeah. with muscle growth, and all of a sudden you can do you can get so much more results with far less output oh yeah exactly so right the, what i'd add on to that as well is that you get to know yourself better if you put more mental energy into movement mm. people that try and switch off that's a big thing with exercise right so people say they come in to switch off yeah but i say you should come in here and switch on yeah, right? yeah. because if you learn to move better right people are going to look at you completely differently like when you see good movement it kind of catches your eye, yeah. right? It's like, it's it's just something genetic, something inherent about good movement. I'm just someone connecting their joints like that sequence of muscles firing, just yeah. having that beautiful synchrony. That's what you want, yeah. right? And you don't, and when you have that as well, not only are you going to know your body better, you're going to like be able to protect yourself from injuries more. 100%, yeah. A lot of yeah. people that switch off, they don't know they're going to get themselves injured. We've been doing this so long, right? We're, we're so switched on when we're lifting. Like we can tell even if the slightest thing is off. Yeah, yeah. Go, I could injure myself today. Yeah. So I'm going to pull back. Or I'm yeah. going to change something, stretch something out. If you don't have that intuition because you're purposely switching off when you come to the gym, yeah. you're going to set yourself up for an injury for yeah. sure. And I see it happen all the time. Yeah. Um, so get through the strength work. So yeah, like I said, always try and do less volume but higher quality. And then you're going to do some kind of conditioning as well. So conditioning, generally, I want to try and keep it light loads. And uh, well, you could do intervals. So I like work rest. You can do continuous movement. If it's continuous movement, say if it's 20 minutes straight, I'll generally pick exercises which don't break down very easily. So if I pick more complex movements like pull-ups or handstands or kettlebell snatches, they break down a lot more under fatigue. Yeah. So if it's a longer workout, they're going to be breathing harder through the whole thing. I might pick like rowing, running, skipping, push-ups, that sort of stuff. Just because obviously if you add intensity, you add in fatigue, your chances of injury go up dramatically. Okay. So that's really what I focus on there um, in the conditioning. And then of course, we always do a cool down. I always make my cool downs, uh, the people that do it with me, as simple as possible because yep. cool down is the easiest thing to skip. It's like, right, did the yeah. workout, it's ready to go. Get me the fuck out of here. Exactly. Yeah. But I tell people, the faster you can switch from sympathetic dominant to parasympathetic, so fight or flight, which is a workout, to rest and digest, the faster you make that switch, the quicker and the better you can recover. Yeah. And now, a lot of people don't make that switch. So what happens is, especially my, my morning, like rise and grind sort of clients, they're just go-getters, right? They're, 
they're ATAR personalities. Yeah. They go, they go, oh man, gotta go. They hit the workout, they run straight in the car. Their heart rate is fucking pounding. Yeah, right? yeah. They go into traffic, their heart rate's still pounding. Their phone's going off, they're on a call. They run to the desk, they go into a meeting, right? The next thing they drink is coffee and they just have never hit that point where they've switched to parasympathetic. Yeah. So their body, your body doesn't know if it's in a workout. It just knows stress, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Their body just thinks, man, I'm in a long ass fucking workout yeah. today, you know? I'm just stressed the whole time. Yeah. Different hormones are elevated. Adrenal glands are still pumping. So you've got this really, really sympathetic, you know, fight or flight response all day. It's not really till they get home that they kind of start to switch off a bit. Yeah. But then they wonder why they get injured. They wonder why they can't sleep. They wonder why, like, they're not... Their body composition isn't changing. It's like, mm. man, because rest digest is when you repair muscles you grow muscles you burn body fat yeah right you sleep better um your tissues heal up if you never hit that state you're in in a lot of trouble man yeah a lot of information high cortisol yeah all that type of stuff you have those clients as well right oh 100 and yeah that's the thing like you know i can be there from six to seven that i've got to be at work at 7 30 so or they're in the shower and they're straight out and like you said the the day kind of then takes control like they start their day in control Mm. and then quickly the day takes control of them and and it's a never-ending cycle. And this is something I talk. Of, I've been talking a lot about with some of my online clients lately about how how much of an impact cortisol levels plays on right. on their results. And you know, you've got people that are um, so stressed, and they're wondering why they're not losing body fat mm. um, when when they know, like you know, they know that they need to be eating in the deficit. They need to be eating enough protein, getting enough nutrient-dense foods, training a certain way, and they know they're doing it, mm. but they're not seeing results because they're so stressed. And then all of a sudden, and this is such a common theme for most people probably listening, then all of a sudden they're questioning whether what they're doing is right, whether they need to make changes or worrying about the number on the scales and that just amplifies it even worse. So, fuck, if you really, really want to see results and um, I've just completely taken you away from what you're talking about, but if you want to see results and if you want your recovery to be a lot quicker and more efficient, then chill the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, don't regulate. Yeah, as hard as it can be, like... Sometimes that is the best, most of the time. Yeah. Um, that's going to be your best friend is to be able to keep your stress levels as low as possible and just let your body do its thing. Have you, have you had Patrick McEwen on the podcast? I haven't, no. Advantage. He, um, so I would say he is the leading guy on breath work and I'm like blood chemistry and okay. oxygen and down regulation and stuff. Like I've way done, better than um, Wim Hof. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way better than Wim Hof. I'm not saying Wim Hof is bad. I'm just saying this guy's like a whole level above him. Okay. Um, and he and he actually does a really good breakdown on, cool. on my show with him about Wim Hof stuff. Okay. He goes, because I'm, I'm asking him like, how can this guy, you know, take an immune response to a virus and get actively rid of it. get rid of it and stuff. And so he explains how that happens and it's different to Wim's explanation of it. Okay. Wim's explaining what he thinks is happening. Yeah. And this guy's explaining like, the actual science behind it. Yeah. Stuff, this is what is actually happening. Mm. So he's not discrediting it. He's yeah. just saying his explanation of what's yeah. actually happening is wrong. Anyway, so people listening, they can do a really good one. And I think you, Pat has it on his TED Talk. You okay. Can, you can listen to it. Check it out, yeah. And it's um, what you do is uh, a lot of people, he says, that to try and de stress, they try and take a really deep breath, yeah. try and relax. And he goes, that is not how to down regulate. What you need to do to down regulate is actually really short small breaths only through your nose so you have your tongue resting on the top of your mouth and you focus on taking just really small in and out breaths and you will feel slightly out of breath that's that's how you said you should feel the whole time slightly out of breath and you do that to a point usually takes somewhere between two to five minutes that your uh, the, the sign that you're doing it correctly is that your mouth starts to salivate a lot when your mouth starts to salivate a lot you are now You've now switched over to parasympathetic or more parasympathetic dominant. And so breath work to downregulate should be really light, short, sharp breaths. So that's kind of how he gets, well, that, that is the science shows of how people downregulate. Now, if you don't, if you mouth breathe throughout the day, that's a really early warning sign that you have super high stress or that you've got some kind of breathing mechanics issues. The structures in your mouth are made for speaking and swallowing food. They're not made for breathing. You, you technically, sh- technically really shouldn't breathe much at all out of your mouth. So in your nasal cavity, there's nitric oxide. If there's no nitric oxide in, in your throat. So if you constantly breathe through your mouth, you never bring nitric oxide down into your body, into your blood chemistry. And without NO, you've got like high blood pressure, you've got like more sympathetic dominant, higher adrenal function, yeah. uh, which, which you don't want. So 
people listening to this, if they're mouth breathers, like they're, they're basically doomed to be stuck in like a sympathetic state. Yeah. yeah. Give it a, give it a try guys. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I've been doing it for the last 30 seconds that's probably why I look like absolute mute I've been staring at the wall just fucking with the tongue on top of the room yeah you'll feel you should feel slightly out of breath feel Mm. slightly out of breath the whole time like that little bit panicky that's that's the perfect point to be at yeah and that's you entering and then after that you can go back to regular breathing yeah that's how you bring on regulating but not with the deep breath not with the deep breath yeah that's very interesting Mm. that's interesting that's interesting he's a good guy sounds like I might have to try and get him on the show Yes, definitely getting on the show. He's going to be in Sydney in about two weeks. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. we'll um, we'll try and sort that out. Yeah, you might probably be. off the <laughs> off the podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll organise. <laughs> yeah, cool. These guys, no, let's probably, do it all right. Now. These guys probably don't give a flying fuck. But anyway, um, well, lucky. I reckon we've covered a fair bit. I reckon that's been good. And guys, um, hopefully today's episode has given you a better idea about one what CrossFit's about, where it all started, what you can expect. Um, kind of, I guess, debunk some of the myths or misconceptions you may have had. Mm. And some of you may still feel exactly the same way about CrossFit. That's fine as well. Fuck, in the end of the day, like, not every style of training is for everybody. Yeah. That's all there is to it. There's there's certain styles of training that I know work, but I will just never do it because I just don't like enjoy Zumba. it. And what was that? Like Zumba. No, I love that shit. Oh, okay, so yeah, yeah. yeah. But in the end of the day, guys, like, if it's not something that's not going to be enjoyable for you and you're not going to stick to, and that's just not sustainable. So... Right. Something can always be the most, you know, quote unquote, optimal approach on paper. But if you don't enjoy it and you're not going to stick to it, it's not the optimal approach. Um, so, you know, if you've if you've tried CrossFit before and you enjoy it, fuck yeah, keep going. Um, if you've never tried it um, and you want to try it, then maybe today's episode has given you a bit of that kind of encouragement you need to go and give it a go, or at least you now know what not what to expect. Um, but guys, we we appreciate you tuning in today, and Lockie, thanks for. Coming on the show, Thanks man. Me, it's been enjoyable. Thanks for putting me up. Appreciate it. Oh, my, Showing me the Melbourne life. My pleasure, brother. My pleasure. Guys, I'll have the link to all of Lockie's social media um, and the Mind Muscle Project podcast in the show notes. I'll also have the link to my episodes. So you can go and um, have a listen to that. I think we covered like a fair bit of good shit yeah, in that episode. Yeah, we fitness industry yeah, scene in general. It was really good social that. media and yeah. stuff. It was, it was really fun. Um, so again thanks so much for tuning in if you haven't subscribed to the podcast already make sure you hit that button um, and subscribe Uh, if you've enjoyed today's episode which I am certain that you would have please do take a screenshot of the episode and within the next 30 seconds post it it up on your Instagram story for me tag myself tag Lockie we'd love to get some feedback and I'm sure we'll do another episode in the near future today was just one very straightforward topic of CrossFit there's a million things we could talk about um So, yeah, we'll have him on again soon. But hope you're having a fantastic day and I look forward to chatting to you again in next week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Peace.